Alrighty, folks. Guru and the Wiz are here. A couple of days later than I thought we'd get to it. That's my fault. Um, but we are ready to go today. And uh, Wiz, it's Sunday morning. We're a couple of weeks away from the supposed start of uh, preseason uh Finally getting underway for the NFL. Hopefully that is the case. How are you today, Wiz? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting closer. Um, you know, I think everyone has their fantasy football fingers crossed that there will be a season. Um, and we're going to prepare that it is. And in the event that there is, uh, we will, and everyone listening to these podcasts, will be prepared and ready and uh not uh, not you know falling way behind uh, like a couple of people we know especially your boy Jimmy. Oh, he, he, who, I, uh, I, I spoke to Jimmy this morning. He said hasn't looked at a thing. Can you believe this? Yeah. Well, no. no yeah. Yes, I can believe it. But uh, yeah, we're, we're moving on and we're taking these uh, you know team by team. And uh, when we're through with the uh, the teams, uh, that'll take us right to close to August first after we get through all the teams and. Uh, that's when we're really going to delve into more specifics, uh, position rankings, uh, you know, more detailed about players. So, um, what do we uh, what do we got today? We got the Jags and the Chiefs. Yeah, the Jags. We're going to do this episode. The next one, the Chiefs. I actually just wanted to give a shout out. So, um, Guru and the Wiz have gone over uh, a thousand listens now. So we're we're appreciative that uh, people are listening. And I think there, as we get as football gets going here, there's going to be more people listening to us. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. And Wiz, I was just looking at uh, a few of the places. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my boy Wayne out in, in Singapore, who's been listening. My, my my buddy Johnny Johnny Burke in Buzzards Bay, Massachusetts, which is uh, on the Cape. He is uh, up there now, and uh, we've actually got listeners from Porto Vecchio, France, Dublin, Ireland. Um, San Francisco, Houston, Texas, uh, Costa Mesa, California. So I love the fact that we're getting some national notoriety for people listening to what we think is uh, a very, very intelligent discussion on football each time we take the reins. Uh, so I just wanted to give that shout out this morning. I mean, d- definitely. It's a, it's a great idea. I mean, I think fantasy football uh, has become uh, much more of a global thing now. Uh, you know, everywhere people love it. I know the games and uh, when they're played uh, in London, the, 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 fan, the fans love it as well. And uh, while we're giving shout outs right here in the good old Bronx, our buddy Eric Brown, he listens to every podcast and uh, gives us great feedback and is enjoying them as well. And uh, he'll be, he'll certainly be raring and ready to go when there is a league. So let's get right into it. The Jags. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, Gardner Minshew kind of you know, uh, was walking on eggshells in the draft that the Jaguars may may take a quarterback, but it looks like he survived and uh, he is going to be given the keys to the kingdom in terms of the quarterback position for the Jags. Uh, I don't love the player. I think he's probably a better fantasy quarterback than he is an NFL quarterback, but I, I will give the guy one um, uh, you know, I will give, I give, we'll give him credit in terms of that. He is a tough tough quarterback, unlike uh, Baker Mayfield, who abandons the pocket every second uh, he feels or doesn't even feel pressure. Gardner Minshew is the complete opposite of that. He'll hang in there. He'll, he'll, he'll stay right in that pocket. A 
tough, tough guy. He takes hits. He extends plays, um, and he he will take uh, you know a lot of a lot of rough hits. But from a fantasy perspective, he's 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 fairly good. He's okay. Uh, he seems to have a, a better connection with some of his receivers than others. But I, I think he's okay, and I give him a credit for being tough. What say you on Gardner Minshew? So I think the one thing that I can say unequivocally is that Garner Minshew is, is going to be nobody's number one quarterback, and he's going to be the ultimate streamer backup quarterback. And, and But looking a little bit close, more closely at, at, at his performances, so he had a couple of stellar early season performances, uh, one of note against the Chiefs early on. I think the one thing that stands out to me, uh, as opposed to some of the other, I, I, he did have a couple of fumbles in, in watching some of the games. He only threw six interceptions. That's actually kind of a shock for a rookie quarterback. 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. I do think there was a little bit of a governor on the player, and the governor became more intense as the season went along. Um, I don't think he threw for over 300 yards. In fact, he didn't in his last five games, and he did it only one time in his last 10 games after a couple of wild games early on. So so I think they, they took a little bit more of a controlled approach when it came to the player. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, he sticks in the pocket, and every once in a while when he does need to move out of the pocket, he does run. He didn't run for any touchdowns, but he did have 370 yards rushing, which is something that you don't want to ignore. Um, you know, so... I think he's probably an underrated second quarterback is, is what I would say. Um, you know, I think they also had the benefit of playing from behind in a few occasions. And I think you'll, you'll, you'll make note of that when you look at a few of their skill players as well. But he's going to be a very cheap late round roto pick and a very cheap one dollar uh, auction backup. And that's basically what I'm looking as a player. To, to be doing this year, but probably he'll have some games where he really excites people. Uh, so, so maybe some upside from where he's going to be ranked going into the season. But by no means would you say he's moved into quarterback one territory where if you're in a 12 team draft, you'd be okay with him being your number one quarterback, right? Aside from the president of the Minshew mania fan club, the answer is no to that question. Okay. Uh, fair, fair enough. Uh, let's let's move on to the running back position, which is um, headed by what I feel is probably the the most intriguing enigma at the position in the NFL with Leonard Fournette. So um, last year, Leonard Fournette had a whopping seventeen hundred total yards of offense. He had. 76 receptions, so if you were in a PPR league, he was gold for you. The downside is I think he only had three touchdowns. His yards per carry were a little bit over four, and his yards per reception was very, very low, maybe about seven yards per reception, which is very, very low. So from an efficiency standpoint, not great. From a cumulative number, 1,700 yards, 76 catches, that's a lot. So here's the problem. He's in his last year of his contract. It looks like the Jags don't want the player. They certainly, he, he, I, it doesn't appear he's in their long-term plans. Then there was a lot of talk. Schefter, Adam, you know, and, and Rappaport were, were, were talking all 
you know, at, at draft time that basically the Jags couldn't give him away, that there was really no interest, even by teams like the Bucks, who could surely use a number one running back. So where are you on Leonard Fournette in terms of fantasy perspective, and, and what do you make of this Jaguars not really wanting him and not many takers interested in Fournette either. And what really adds to this is he's only 25 years old. So let's hear the analysis of all of that on Leonard Fournette. So, so I think you're, you're, you're spot on calling it an enigma. And I think that's, that, that's, that's a great description. I, I, look, I didn't like this player last year for some of the reasons that you talked about. Um, I think he had some off, off the field, not necessarily off the field, just some attitude problems that they had to deal with, with this player in the past. And and as you mentioned, they tried to trade the player. So, I, in fact, my nickname for him was Fat Boy Fournette. And I actually talked about this last year. I, I said to people, I'm staying away from this guy. You know, I'm worried about the contract. I don't think they want him. I thought maybe the attitude would kind of take over. But I, I was wrong. I was wrong in his performance. I was stunned by the 76 catches. And here's the thing. Uh, the fact that they tried to trade him and found no takers, and that, that's troubling, number one. Troubling, number two, is so John Gruden is the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville now, and he's brought in a couple of his little fan favorites. Um, one at running back, Chris Thompson. And if Chris Thompson is healthy, you can expect that number for Leonard Fournette to be chopped in half in terms of reception. So I do not think that gets duplicated. So, you know, Rockwell Armstead is also on this roster, but he's really didn't do much at all as a rookie last year. But I'm intrigued by Chris Thompson because John Gruden, uh, uh, sorry, Jay Gruden had him in Washington last year. And I think there's a little intrigue in, in bringing that player back. So I'd say Fournette is not going to come close to his numbers last year. I'm going to stay away from him as I usually have. I think this year, as opposed to last year, I'm going to be correct in a disappointment performance from a fantasy perspective. So a big pullback for Leonard Fournette this year. But I give him kudos for his efforts last year. Okay, uh, so for those that are Leonard Fournette fans, do you feel he you know, uh, is not a running back one? Do you feel that he you know, shouldn't be taken as a top 12 running back? I mean, there are a lot of things to, to, to consider here. One is the relationship that seems to be with the organization. Two is Chris Thompson excels uh, as, a, as a pass catcher, and they're certainly going to use that player on, on third down, so it's hard-pressed to see Fournette being a three-down running back. Then you always have the, the Raquel Armstead talk that he's going to unseat. Um, yeah, Fournette, he also is a much better receiving uh, running back. So uh, if those people that do like Fournette, do you you know suggest that he is not a top 12 running back? I don't think he's a top 12 running back. I'd rather take, I, I think he falls somewhere in that, say, you know, 15 to 20 range, but I'd rather take players like David Johnson, um, James Conner, Chris Carson, for example, as opposed to taking Leonard Fournette, because I'm just not comfortable with his situation uh, as opposed to the other players. I mean, look, he's in a situation where he's going to get the ball if, if things pan out the way they they look like they're going to but I'm just thinking that's still too risky a play for me so I I, I understand people thinking that he's going to play that way because he did perform that way last year but I'm not going to be the one that takes him as a number one running back 
Yeah, I'm just going to add one comment at, at the running back position, and then we'll move on to wide receivers, that I feel the running back of the future for the Jags may not have even uh, – Carry, uh, he had one carry yet with the Jaguars. Two two players to keep your mind um, uh, eye on are uh, unsigned free agent Divine Ozebo from Nebraska from 2019 and James Robinson from Illinois State. Who they took signed this past year um, as well. So those two guys are, are players to keep an eye on, and if either one make the Jags roster at the start of the season, keep you know keep them in mind. And if one of those aforementioned players, Fournette, Thompson, or Armstead get hurt, keep an eye on either one of those two players. They they could be the future for the Jags. Um, Moving on to wide receiver, uh, I like the wide receiver room in terms of talent. Uh, Shark and D.D. Westbrook and Conley and Keenan Cole, and I really like LaVisca Chenault as well. Uh, talk, to, uh, talk to the listeners about the wide receivers for the Jags. Uh, which ones are you high on? Uh, which ones do you think they should pass on at the draft? So Shark had a big year last year, over a thousand yards. And actually, it was interesting. Doug Marone did talk about that player uh, before the season started. He really highlighted that he thought he was going to take a big step up, and and he did do that. You know, D.D. Westbrook is has been, uh, you know, I think a very solid contributor uh, and and a guy that they look to, you know, from a possession standpoint, a guy they do look to. You know, Conley to me and Keelan Cole are more kind of fill-ins. And it's going to be interesting to see how Chenault gets used in this offense. I think, I think he can create a little bit more of a dynamism, you know, given his athletic ability for this offense. I expect this team to play from behind a lot. So as a result, there are going to be games where you know Minshew is going to be throwing the ball late. Uh, the defense is not the pedigree that it was a couple of seasons ago. So that that's intriguing there. But you know, the top two options for me, um, you know, probably in this order, it, go, it goes Shark, Westbrook, and Chenault to start. Um, you know, we'll see what happens as the season evolves. I, I think you can see all three of those players kind of catching in that 50 to 60, 70 yard range. Uh, so I think there'll be a good group of receivers who probably won't cost you a lot of money coming into the season. Yeah, so I like LaVisca Chenault as, as a player. I think he's got um, a really, really high high ceiling. Um the the one thing that he brings that uh, a lot of rookie receivers don't bring or it takes them a while to get there is physicality. He is a wide receiver like in the mold of like a Heinz Ward, and that's a high compliment because that was a physical, maybe the most physical wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Yeah. But he's looking to make contact, not avoid it. He's a willing blocker, a very, very good runner on jet sweeps. Um, and I, I like LaVisca Chenault. Um, I'm not sure how much time it's going to take. I like that Keenan McCardell is their wide receiver coach at the Jaguars. Um, he he brings along these players well with technique, so I think that's going to really help him. Um, DJ Shark was a very big surprise last year. He was rock solid. Dee Westbrook, I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel. I mean, do, do you feel like he just? I mean, he's. You mentioned that he's been okay. Um, but do you feel like he just hasn't lived up to that hype and the thought that he was going to come in and set the league on fire? 
Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, it's been kind of pedestrian. He's had, he's basically had the same two seasons in a row, where it's a minimum amount of touchdowns. Every once in a while, he gets a rush, but he's caught the same. He's caught sixty six balls the last two seasons, but again, just for ten yards a catch. Um, so seven hundred yards and six hundred and sixty yards respectively in the last two years, and, and he's been banged up a little bit during the season. Not that he's missed a lot of games, but, you know, sometimes he's just not playing at 100%. So I, I, I think a lot of us expect more. This is, this is year number four for him. So it's kind of a big year for him to actually prove something if he wants a, a, a contract uh, in a more extended version and, and with more attributes to it. So a big year for him. I, I think he's been an okay player and just an okay player so far. Yeah, I mean, that, that's another player that our buddy Steph has just been going wild for in every league, paying up in every league to get D.D. Westbrook. And, I, I mean, if you just think about that, if you combine D.D. Westbrook with his other thoughts of Carlos Hyde and Trey Burton, it probably is, it explains why every November he starts buying baseball magazines. <laughs> Alex Collins, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, is there much to say about the tight end position? I mean, Josh Oliver, you know, had off-season surgery with one of their four, one of their picks. Um, they took Tyler Davis from Georgia Tech. Um, anything much to say at the tight end spot, or there's no way you or anybody else listening uh, to you would should draft a Jags tight end? I'm not drafting him, but Jay Gruden brought Tyler Eifert back to back with to reunite himself with the player. And we know Eifert had one monster season about four or five years ago. Other than that, the man can't stay on the field. Last year, they really controlled his snaps. But it was interesting. At the end of the season last year, he actually was starting to become a part of that Bengal offense where he'd catch four or five balls, you know, for 40 yards or whatever. He had a couple of touchdowns. So he's a lot older. He's brittle as can be. Uh, I'm not touching the guy with a 10-foot pole. I've been scarred by him before. But I think it's interesting that Gruden brought him in. Um, and, you know, it's just something that we may have to just watch develop. I don't think anybody's really going to be drafting the player on draft day. But it's just... A peak of interest for me is all I would say about the tight end position and Tyler Eifert, the former Notre Damer, the former Bengal who reunites with Jay Gruden. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Tyler Eifert is, um, you know, one of these guys that like if you're just feeling it that it's going to be a touchdown for Tyler Eifert day. You know, maybe you go into DraftKings and uh, and. Um, and you, you know, you take him for the for the minimum price, and hope he gets like that four for thirty five and a and a and a touchdown there. Uh, so yeah, that'll uh, that'll be Josh Lambeau. Uh, he kicks fifty yards once in a while. Any uh, thoughts on Lambeau? Is a draftable uh, kicker? Uh, is that a streaming kicker, or you won't even be thinking about Josh Lambeau? The guy missed two kicks last year. Two kicks. He missed one extra point, and he missed one field goal. I mean, if he was on another offense, if he was on the, right. he'd be a he'd be a top five kicker. I think it's it's yeah. it's, it's where he is. I don't want to sleep on the player. I think Josh Lambeau is a nice sneaky pick for his accuracy accuracy and his length. So I would say a sleeper at the kicker position is Josh Lambeau. How's that? 
All right, and certainly a kicker if you're if you're in a crazy league that actually drafts two kickers, maybe then you will have him as your second kicker for those that are willing to make uh, the guru pay two bucks at our draft. <laughs> and then the, uh, and then this defense, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we seem to be a far cry from the Saxonville uh, discussion from a couple of years ago when they when basically they took fantasy. I I think they were the top fantasy performer in any category, any position category that season. They just had a monster year, uh, depending on the year, depending on the league you're in. But in a lot of our leagues, that was the case. Um, it, you know, it looks like a rebuild for the defense. They they still have a few of those parts, but I don't know. They certainly don't seem like they're a top twelve defense coming into the draft. Yeah, cer- certainly not. Yeah, so. Um... I would agree with that. And uh, anything else, or we're ready to move on to Kansas City. Well, we're going to be talking about Mr. Moneybag shortly. So uh, that's the story there. Wiz, thank you very much. Good getting back together and uh, excited to do a few more of these uh, team summaries over the next couple of days. You got it. <laughs> 